You're listening to Red Leg Nation Radio, the official podcast of RedLegNation.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. I'm your usual host, Chad Dotson, from RedLegNation.com. We're going to, at this time, without further ado, jump right back into Bill Lack's discussion with Big Red Machine pitcher, Fred Norman. So, you had a pretty good year in 75. Uh, you went 12-4. and four. Uh, it's, it's one of the only two years that your ERA was above league average, but it was only .02 above league average, so I mean, right. it's basically league average. Yeah. And, and, and you were mused in the bullpen some, and, and from what I read in Big Red Dynasty, it says you moved in the rotation when, when Gullet broke his thumb, and you went 9-1 and one in the second half of the season. That's correct. Yeah, I... Uh... Well, you know, I knew, here we go, you know, uh, got a job to do, or Donnie's out, and, and uh, you know, he's my locker mate right next to me, and I hated to see him out, you know, I said, oh, man, you know, well, uh, you know, we'll have to figure something out here for you, you know, until you get back, and uh, so we always used to talk stuff, and we said, oh, I'll be back, and when I get back, somebody's going to pay, Jack <laughs> used to say it all the time, yeah. but, uh, yeah, Donnie was out, so, I, you know, like I said, you know, he gave me the ball, Sparky gave me the ball, and I'm ready to go, you know, I was always ready to go, and it didn't matter to me, I, I mean, obviously, I wanted to start, because I thought I was a better starter than a reliever, and uh, so you get the opportunity, well, you have to make the most of it, and generally, I did, I, I usually did, and uh, I think it picked up the club, you know, as well as the staff, but as well as the whole club. You know, pick us up, you know, and uh, end up, uh, you know, uh, doing, uh, you know, some things that uh, they expected anyway. So you guys win 108 games that year. You didn't take any chances with it with it being close. You won the division by 20 games. Yeah, we blasted, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and in the playoffs, you got your only postseason win that year in the playoffs. You, in game two against the Pirates, you started and threw six innings. Right. And Raleigh Eastwood through the last three, and you, the Reds won 6-1 yeah. to one in that one, so... so Yeah, picked up the pace there. Yeah. Uh, and then we... Uh, and then we yeah, but, you know, I always pitch against the Pirates, uh, pretty much consistent with them, you know, as far as uh, victory-wise. Uh, got hammered a couple of times, but usually I pitch pretty well against them, uh, with their left-handers involved, but usually I didn't have problems with left-handers, uh, I mean, with right-handers as well as I did sometimes with left-handers, you know, and I always pitch well, because I usually... Who would face more right-handers? I did left-handers. Uh, of course, you know Stargell and, and uh, Parker were there then. They were the big two guns, and then of course they had the third baseman, uh, Richie Hebner was left-handed also. So yeah, it was left-handed, basically dominant club there, and so Sparky went pretty much with his left-handers against Pirates. So. We beat the Pirates and we're moving into the 75 World Series, which is many claim maybe the best World Series ever played. T- tell us about the, the Fred Norman perspective on the 75 World Series. Well, um, obviously my first one, so it was just uh, it's kind of all about that. But uh, not as much as I thought I would be. You know, I thought I'd be a little, little more hesitant or nervous about it and everything, but I really wasn't because I knew the club that I was on, uh, you know, it's just a matter, to me, I thought it was just a matter of time, we're going to win this thing, I don't care if we were down three games to none, I just always felt, well, I, don't, I think any of us never felt that we would get beat, 
you know, and mm-hmm. I just, uh, I took it uh, that way myself, and, you know, I was, you know, hoping I'd, you know, pitch a better performance, you know, I think I pitched game fourth, yeah. and uh, it, it just didn't happen, but, uh, you know, I enjoyed it, I'll tell you that, because it was just something that uh, became, uh, uh, with me, having a guy, well, Pat Darcy was the guy that gave up you know, the home run in the sixth game. Right. And he was my roommate at that time. So it felt kind of bad for him. But we I don't think we ever felt as a collective team there, we ever felt that we're still gonna we're gonna lose this thing. No, we we just felt we're gonna win it anyway. I don't care what it was gonna be by one run or ten runs, we're gonna win. I had no doubt in my mind. That's that's it was my thought. You know, that was my you know, I just, I, I never could imagine us losing that year after winning 108 games. Five of the seven games were one-run games. I mean, what I mean, what a World Series. I mean, every game, oh, yeah, other than game one, every game was a pretty good game. Yeah, pretty good game. And these guys, uh, Boston, had a very good call. They, they really did. I mean, I know they missed Jim Rice and all that. Uh, but, you know, it's just that I, I think we were just destined, you know, as yeah. far as that goes. They could have won, too. But I don't. I never had that in my mind. Yeah. You know, I never thought that for a minute. You know, and I, and I think most of us felt that way. I don't think we were nervous about it. I don't think we were down. I knew we were down two nothing uh, when Perez hit the three run homer. Yeah. What exactly. a two run homer. Yeah. And uh, tied it up. You know, off the lead. And it was just. It was just one of those things. You just knew. And then of course, then you see Joe Martin get this little Texas leader flip wherever. You knew you were going to win. I mean, I just knew that. That's just how it works. <laughs> Unfortunately, for the, you know, for Boston, it didn't work as well. But that, that's, that was my feeling on it, is that I just always thought that, you know, this series was ours. We just made it a little tougher, you know, but it was ours. Because the following year, there was a no-doubter. Yeah. Well, t- tell us about the feelings in the clubhouse after Game 7, I mean. Was it, was it a feeling of relief, or was it just, wow, it's about time, or is it, you know, or is it uh, just joy? Is it? Nah, it's a lot of jubilation. I mean, you know, it's just everybody's happy. Uh, you know, you got the, you know, the flow of the uh, champagne, and everybody's just cheering away and going crazy. You know, it's just one of those things that I think they probably were relieved at a point. Uh, I, 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 I think that Sparky knew that. You know, I don't think he was even worried about it. I really don't. I think he just knew that our club would come back somehow and win this game. Fortunately, you know, we had to go, well, we had to go seven games. Uh, I, I think most people didn't think it was going to go seven. I don't think it was going to go past five. Yeah. But it did because we were favored by whatever, and it didn't. And I think that's what kicked some of these guys in the butt, saying, hey, man, we're supposed to win. Yeah. You know, so you got guys, the leaders that we had, we didn't have just one leader, you know? Right. We had some guys that uh, had been there. And so this this helps more than anything. And this is why I think, you know, when it's all over and said and done, these guys were happy as well as, say, me or anybody else that hadn't been there yet. You know, like Pete Rose and Bench and Perez. Right. These guys are happy as all get out. You know, I mean, they're just, you, you can see it, you know? Yeah. So we're going into 1976, and you guys really slacked off that year. You only won 102 games. Right. Uh, 
and won the division by 10. Well, we won the last uh, 10 games in a row, if you remember. Actually, you know what? I don't remember because I was in boot camp. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, you know, you, <laughs> you got other things in your mind. Yeah, I was, I was a little busy at the time. Yeah, but no, you, that, uh, you had, we, won you our had, last, we won our last three games of the regular season. I remember this. Our last three games of the regular oh, season. And then, won, oh, you mean and then the four and the, the three and then the four. Oh, absolutely. I'm, yeah. We won the last ten in a row. So we, we're, we're on a roll. But to me, Bill, this is the best team that ever was. The 76 Reds was better than the 75 Reds. That was a question I was going to ask you later. Well, you can ask me now. To me, I think it was the best team out of both of those. But uh, What was better about the 76 team than the 75 team? I think the as far as uh, we picked up a couple other guys, too, in trades or something like this, too. But uh, it was just the fact that I think the 75 was over and the 76 team begins that, you know, they were relieved that 75 season was over. Yeah. It was a little bit of a struggle, you know, to win that thing because they were counting on us so much. And uh, then come 76, I mean, guys were just so relaxed and just go out there and just pounded the ball. Uh, our pitching did well. Sparky always told us. He had a, he had a, a meeting with the, uh, with, the, with the pitchers. Sparky knew. He needed pitching to win. There's no doubt about it, just like anybody else does. He's, he, all he wanted, if you guys can give me a 3.5 ERA, we will win this thing. And that's all he wanted. And I think we were like 3.53 or something. You know, something yeah. like that. But, you, you had one of your best seasons that, ever that year. I mean, you were 12-7, and seven, but your ERA was only 3.09, and you threw three shutouts. And... One of those shutouts you beat Sutton, and the other one you beat Matlack. Yeah, and that's, that's kind of, you know, hard to relate. You know, the slot I was in, usually it was third or fourth slot, you know, mm -hmm. as far as uh, going, leading off, and, and maybe going in second, or uh, Gary Nolan was second, or whatever. Third, and I was end up being in whatever slot I was in, facing, uh, you know, some rough guys, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the teams that, the pitchers that, Gave us a little problem, you know, and so it's always a feather in my hat, you know, to beat these top guys, you know. Yeah. Unlike anybody else, you know, you want to beat anyone, it doesn't matter. <clears throat> but when you, you know, pitch against those guys like Cedars or your Matlax and these guys, uh, Kuzmans and uh, even guys, you know, uh, throughout the league, you know, Bob Gibson or any of these guys. But it just, um, you know, I just had a good year, you know, that year. And, it worked out well, and, and uh, it was a follow-up for the next year, you know. You, you just kept moving forward because I'm advancing as far as age goes, and yeah. I'm still throwing pretty decent. You, yeah. know? you didn't so. pitch in the playoffs against the Phillies, but the game, the, the series only went three games. That's correct. And I'm mm -hmm. assuming that's why you didn't pitch. Were you supposed to pitch game four or something if it had gone that far? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, that one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, more more or less. Okay. He he, he Sparky like right handers going against him for oh, one. Did he? Okay. But you did, start, you did start you uh, did start game two in the World Series. The second game uh, in the World Series. Yeah, you, you know. pitched the second game at Riverfront against the Yankees. At Riverfront, and uh, yeah, and yeah, actually that you know, and, and I didn't know it, but I because I, I got a uh, a telegram from some very good friends of mine out uh, 
California that uh, sent me the telegram that it was the first Sunday night World Series game. Really? Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, check that out in your, in your archives. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Whatever, but yeah, first Sunday night World Series game. And it was probably 38 degrees in Cincinnati, 76, somewhere there, 38, 40. Cold. Uh, and obviously I didn't feel it once you get moving around and stuff, yeah. Yeah, you're good to go. But uh, yeah, oh yeah. Uh-huh. And you threw well. You threw six or six and a third and gave up three runs. Yeah, when six and a third, I was winning, I think, three to two. When uh, Spikey took me out, had a run on second. Billingham came in, relief. Gave up a base hit, and they scored their third run. Tied us up. Yeah, I think they ended up winning four to three or yeah, five. Yeah, four, four to three, nine. scored a run in the bottom of the ninth. Right. I think it was four to three. To, yeah. And beat uh, Jackfish Hunter. Yeah. Yeah. And then you guys yeah, and I go way back to Kansas City days. And then you guys went he, up to uh, to New York he, and finished it off in short order. Oh yeah, that, that game. And I was going to be pitching game five on that one. I'd have been going game five after four. But you were just you were just you were happy not to pitch, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Get it over with. That's right. You know, let's end this thing. Uh, but uh, that was to me that was an awesome, awesome team. It was just everything worked out well. Bench had a great, you know, World Series. Oh, yeah. Couple homers, whatever. Uh, of course, his counterpart uh, hit pretty well himself. He had like 10 or 11 hits, did he? Thurman Munson. Thurman Munson. Uh, I think he had like 10 or 11 hits somewhere in there. Nine. Yeah, he was nine for 17. Yeah, nine for 17. And uh, just, uh, we just, we dominated. I mean, it's just a team that, Everybody did well. Everybody. Just, uh, you know, pitching was good. Hitting was good. You know, how do you do that, you know? Whether it's regular season or a World Series, yeah. This so, happened at the right time, and it worked out great. So we move into 77, and, and the Reds make a trade, and they, they trade Tony Perez in the offseason. Yeah, that's correct. And, and there's been a lot written and a lot said that that, was a big part of why the team didn't do as well in 77. But I've also read where the pitching staff had a ton of injuries in 77. They did. Uh, I mean, you guys still won 88 games. Yeah. Yeah, just unlike us, but uh, you're usually in the 90s. Yeah. And, up. and uh, but, yeah, I think once Tony left and, you know, once you started switching things around and, 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 and you know, you see people coming and going I think it takes effect on all the players. You know, uh, I mean, all of a sudden, oh, hey, my name is so-and-so, nice to meet you, nice to meet you. Here we are in June or July, and, you know, you got a two or three more months to go for the season, of, you know, and, and you see guys coming and going. I, sometimes that disrupts the, you know, the ball club, and I, I believe that. I really do. I mean, there's some guys you can bring in a couple times here, you know, a couple here, a couple there. I mean, but, I mean, we you know, we got rid of four guys from Tom Seaver, I believe. Yeah, and one of them was Pat Zachary. Five. Yeah, Pat, and Pat Zachary was a, a big loss. I mean, he was one a, of them, and you know, he was a, a guy that did well for us. You know, he's been a big cog the year before. Believe it. Then speaking of Seaver, tell us a little bit about playing with Tom Seaver. Oh, it was true. It was awesome. Great. Uh, you know, he was he was a, a guy's guy. You know what I mean? He, the guy he didn't have a beer with you or whatever. 
talk uh, baseball. I loved it, and uh, you know, Tom did his thing, you know. And uh, it was good uh, working around him, uh, watching him the way he got, went about his job, you know. And this is why he won over 300 games and in the Hall of Fame and all, all that. But uh, he was just a, a pretty steady guy, you know what I mean? Just a just common, regular player as well as anybody, you know, else. And it's just a, nothing. Uh, but what stood out about him is his professionalism, you know, and how he how he worked about his work, and, 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 and as well as the other guys that we had, you know. And when you see that, you know, it, it kind of wears on you. Know, just you know, you want to do that too, you know. Yeah. So, but I thought he was. A, I thought he was a good addition. You know, I know we you know lost some players there, uh, but then, then tried to replace a couple of them. Uh, it sometimes doesn't take a couple of years yeah. to do that. I mean, he had a heck of he had a heck of a, a second half when he came over. I mean, fourteen and three. Yeah, great yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I think he uh, probably uh, welcomed it as well. You know, to come over and move over to another organization. He'd been with New York for all the years, uh, ever since he signed. And then he comes over to an organization like Cincinnati, and they welcome him very well. And obviously, you know, he throws the no hair and yep. uh, you know this stuff. And that was the year also that I was having a good year. Oh yeah, I think I was like ten and three or something, nine and three or something. All star break had you know, a low ERA, and I thought I was going to make the all star team. Which Sparky called me in the office because he was going to be the manager in the '77 All Star game. And he says, I know you should be going to the All-Star game. I said, yeah. And I thought I was going to be, because he's going to be picking. Mm-hmm. And he says, but uh, he says, he's got Dan, uh, Don, I mean, uh, oh, what's his name, Candyman from Candelaria, John Candelaria. From Pittsburgh? Uh, with Pittsburgh. He's going to be pitching on Sunday. And because he has a back issue, and if he's okay, he's going to be going. And I said, "Oh my gosh!" You know, I mean, what happened? Even if he pitches, he's not going to pitch in the right. ballpark. <clears throat> you know, come Tuesday, I'm saying, "Well, you know, whatever, you know, whatever." <laughs> so, well, I mean, what else am I going to say? Right? Well? What can you say? But I really, I, I wanted to make that all star team so that. Yeah. I really did. That was my only chance, really. I, you know, because I did. Started off well and did well, and um, but of course, you know, as it turned out, I didn't. And ended up fourteen or thirteen, I think. Yeah, uh, ERA was pretty decent. Three point three eight, and the league average was four. Yeah, so. and I was leading the league for a while then, and uh, quite quite a while. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I had a little rough out in uh, Chicago a game. We came back and <laughs> one, but. Uh, yeah, just uh, unfortunate for me that I didn't get a chance to be on that team. I wanted too bad. But we just had that, that, that year was just so unlike, you know, a Reds year. Yeah. And it happened at a time where, geez, you think that this club will stay together for another couple of years even and, and get another uh, pennant, you know, at least, you know, another National League pennant. But it just didn't work out. Yeah. So many guys coming and going. That's actually I see it, yeah. but as well as anybody else, they they, they say the same thing. Yeah. So '78, you guys win 92 games. The only problem with that is the Dodgers won 95. Yes, they did. And and you you again went 11 and nine and, and 3.70 ERA. You were just a .01 above league average. So you had another good year. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that year, 78 year, was uh, one of those uh, turning things, too. And, of course, Sparky, that's when Sparky got fired. Well, after, yeah, oh. going into 79, yeah. Yeah, you know, and... And Pete left. That was a, that was a funky year, you know, 78. Because that was the year also we went to Japan. And uh, they had a lot of rookies that went over with us. That was before spring training, or was it? After spring training, it was in yeah. November. Oh, okay. Oh, after the season. Yeah, we went over after the season, and uh, that's when they told Sparky once we came back. It's when... Yeah. Uh, Dick Wagner. Dick Wagner. Uh, came in and told her, yeah, it's going to be relieved, and uh, bingo. There that goes. And, of course, a uh, good friend of mine that I played for in the minor leagues, and he caught me for years, John McNamara. Yeah. He ended up on board for 79. So Pete leaves and Sparky is let go. That's right. How How is how was that dealt with? I mean, how did the players feel about that as you guys got back together in the spring? Yeah, 79 spring. Yeah. Uh, I think the turning point probably was that uh, we had a new manager and a guy that was respected, new pitching coach, some new things going on, mm-hmm. you know, uh, as far as the club was concerned, of course, Pete uh, not doing too well at that time and filed for free agency, I believe. Yeah. And... So I just think they assumed that, well, you know, Pete's going to go, the bench is still here, but Davey is still there, Concepcion is still there. Uh, Frippy, Morgan and Foster? Pretty much, you know, with Morgan and Foster, obviously. And, and um, you know, Danny Dreesen has had an opportunity, I guess, to play now later, mm-hmm. and he didn't do too bad. And um, Chris Foster was doing pretty well. You know, so they figured that, you know, we had a shot, you know, doing some uh, some good. I wasn't real sure, you know, and my performance, too. I'm getting older and all this. But um, I don't know, things, uh, it just, uh, I don't think they really thought a whole lot about all the changes. But I think a lot of the changes came in 77, you know, for the most part, in 77, you know. Yeah. And so then in 78, it kind of just rode it out. And then in 79, it just seemed like a new year. You know, I mean, I wish it was. But it was just a, a, a different atmosphere. And so, I mean, it worked out pretty well. I mean, we got in the playoffs. You know, but we just didn't have enough. How was, how was John McNamara a different kind of manager than Sparky? Well, he's a player's manager. Mac was a player's manager. All right. Always has been. He, he was like that in the minor leagues. He was always a player's manager. And uh, he looked after his players, but he got the most out of his players. I mean, he had guys like Lou and Otto, uh, all these guys in the, the, you know, the days. That was his club. Yeah. All those guys. And, uh, but he just, uh, he was a guy that you respected. And uh, to do, you know, he looked out. You know, as far as, you know, he's still going to manage. He, he's, I mean, he's still going to make his moves. If he needs to take you out, he's going to take you out. Like one time I had a confrontation with him about <laughs> taking out of a ball game one time. I went in there and told him so. And, you know, he says, well, I, I just said, well, I thought I should have taken a ball game. He said, well, I thought you should have been out of the game. <laughs> no, no. And so, so, you were out of the, so you were out of the game. 
<laughs> yeah, back, I go back, you know, but I didn't, I didn't be little, you know, I didn't shoot right. up, I didn't right. do any of this stuff, you know, I would do that. And uh, I said, well, I just, I, I, I want to come in here and uh, express my, my, uh, you know, comment about it, yep. you know, so. Everything was left said, that was it, no problem. So, yeah, so, that so that was your last year with the Reds. You ended up having seven years with the Reds. You had six straight winning seasons. You had seven straight seasons where you won over 10 games. You went 85 and 64 with the Reds with a 343 ERA. Which was your? Which do you think was your best season, Fred? My best season? Probably, uh, it was definitely going to be the 77 season. Uh, if it worked out, I, kinda, I had a chance to win 20 games that year. But uh, didn't, and uh, the 77 stands out a little bit. But probably the season I liked the most, obviously, was 73. My first, very first time there. When you first came over? Yeah, I, I won in seven, and I mean, my gosh, you know, I, you know, just, uh, you know, came back, I think, what, what was it, 12 and 6? And, and I thought that season was a good year for me. I really did. You, in your time with the Reds, you, more than almost any of the starters, seem to be used as kind of a swing guy at times by Sparky. Right. Is, is, this the, is, is that the case, or was everybody kind of used in varied roles? I think um, he did that with Billy Hamill also. And uh, I know he did it with me too. When I was having a little problem, there was a time when uh, I was upset about the fact that I went to the bullpen. And and then once I was in there, we went to play an exhibition game in Detroit. And I said, I told the pitching coach, you know, Larry Shepard, I said, Shep, I'm not pitching in this game. There is no way in hell I'm going to pitch in this game. I, I earn money by pitching in regular games. This is an exhibition game, and I don't need the, the work. That was those old kid glove games, wasn't it? When they used to play the Tigers in those kid glove games. Yeah. yeah. So, he told Sparky, so I, he wasn't too happy about it, and uh, I, I didn't care at that time. I did not care. I said, hey, I make my money on pitching in regular games or losing, whatever. And so what did he do the first time he came back? Gets me up. And so I guess he's hoping I fail, right? <laughs> he said, so Chef says, uh, when I come back, he said, man, don't make me look like a fool. I said, all right, don't worry about it. Pick me a game. I'm ready to go. Well, you know, I got my stuff back. I'm feeling good. Because we usually put me in the bullpen because I'm having a rough time starting. Yeah. You know, so I wasn't doing so well. So they shoot you in the pen and try to work things out. Yeah, try to get you, yeah. You know, get these back even straight, straight up again. Fred, anyway, we, uh, yeah, I come out and I pitch well, so it was fine. Everything worked out fine. <laughs> we, we touched on this a little earlier about the, the pitching staff being underrated. And the, and, and the Reds' pitching staff had an ERA below league average from 1970 to 76. Do you, do you think they were underrated because of the way they were used or because maybe none of the starters, you or Billingham or Nolan or Gullett, they weren't big names? I mean, the bullpen always seemed to get plenty of credit. They did. Uh, our bullpen was good. Yeah, it was uh, very good. For reasons. But, uh, and, and plus, they were used a lot, mm-hmm. you know? The way Sparky was, you know, yanking starters out, you know, uh, yeah, they were used a lot, and, and they should be. Um, you know, they were good, you know, but I think we had our opportunities also to, to stay in some games that he yanked us out of, and, 
you know, uh, the game I had in Montreal, that, I mean, I beat Montreal, I think I owned a 5-0 or 6-0 record against Montreal. And he took me out of the game one time there. I remember Jim Nuxall telling me after the game, he's going to interview me. He said, man, I'm upset too. I thought you should have stayed in the game, and if you want to say so, you go right ahead. I said, no, I don't have much to say about it. I mean, he took me out, and that's the way it is, and I'm glad we got the win and all this sort of stuff. As you know, I don't like to come out of games. You know, I'm just, I'm that way. And Sparky commented one time about what somebody said, yeah, you know, they said something about me or something. He said, yeah, you know, Freddie, you know, he don't like to come out of games. <laughs> so, I mean, he knew, he knew. Yeah, he does it. Well, and, I, and I've read some comments from Jack Billingham, especially, where, where he felt Sparky and Larry Shepard were really hard to work for and that, that, some, that, that he, did, they didn't, he didn't think they respected the pitching staff. Did you ever feel that way? Who, who was this? Uh, Billingham said. Oh, yeah. He didn't think that Shep and, and Sparky, Sparky respected the pitching staff. I think I think Shep uh, stuck up for us at all costs. I really do. I think Larry uh, 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 loved us, and so did Sparky. But I just think the way Sparky went about it, sometimes maybe some of the guys didn't like it. But I I always respected Sparky. I really did. I, I think he did a hell of a job for what he had to work with. I mean, what I mean is. Look at the guys he worked with right. that he kept under control. The egos that he had to deal under wraps yeah. that he knew how far he had to go with them to, you know, because they would rid each other and get, you know, get hot and heavy in the clubhouse, let me tell you. Yeah. It was just the way he dealt with them, and I think, you know, and he knew that he had to have pitching. And I think this is why he used to get on us a lot. I really do. You know, the, the, when you, people talk about the big red machine, they always talk about Bench and Morgan and Rose and Perez as, right. as being the leaders of the team. Was there a leader on the pitching staff? Uh, probably not. Probably not. I, I just think everybody, just as a whole, a collective um, were there, but uh, all looked after each other, really, you know. Or we would console, like Gullet and I one time in Chicago, Gullet gives up a home run to Billy Williams that beat him in a game. I came in and gave up a home run to Billy Williams and beat me in a game. Here we are <laughs> consoling each other, you know, uh, afterwards. In the, in uh, the We Hate uh, Billy Williams fan club, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, so it, it worked out pretty good. Yeah. It, it really did. I think everybody kind of respected everybody else on the pitching staff. I think we all rooted for each other, you know. I don't think we... Uh, we're against each other. Yep. You know what I mean? I think we're pulling for each other. Because I don't know anybody that would do that. Right. You know, right. I really don't. Fred, let me but, ask you a question. You said that you did pretty well against the left-handers in Pittsburgh's lineup. What big stars were you pretty successful at getting, getting out? Oh, boy. I, uh, you know, pretty much pretty much the free swingers, you know, the guys that home run hitters. I always had pretty success with uh, Reggie Smith. Uh, Cedeno, these guys, they just, for some reason, they just could not hit me. No way. I mean, they couldn't hit out probably if I threw right-handed, they couldn't. <laughs> I don't know what it is. But, you know, you have this. And, uh, yeah, Reggie used to, uh, Reggie Smith used to comment about it all the time when he was with the Dodgers. He says, oh, my gosh. He says, I mean, this, I, I can't hit this guy. 
<laughs> I mean, I either striking him out or he's popping up or, you know, just uh, have good success with him. Let's, and, let's uh, flip the coin then. Who used to wear you out? Oh, well, you know, there's a few of them. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, you're basically guys that uh, get to bat on the ball. You know, they value like crazy. And I'm battling out there, too. And I'm going, gee, why is it so tough? You know, here's these guys, you know, hit these little pingers or line drives. You know, and then and you're getting guys out like, you know, little Stargell or, or getting guys, you know, that, that really pound the ball. And, you know, you, you know, it just, you don't know. I mean, it's just on a given day, somebody just, you know, they just hit you all over the park. You know, but normally it's it's guys pretty much that um, you know maybe try to read me. You know, mm-hmm. in other words, guess with me <coughs> this kind of stuff. And uh, you know, if they guess right, well, they're going to hit me pretty hard. You know, can you and, remember? Uh, can you remember anybody in particular that you didn't think should be able to hit you that seemed to hit you well? Well, I'll tell you, in the beginning, uh, I think I gave up like uh, well, I gave up three home runs. I know to Hank Aaron. Well, there's nothing. Uh, there's a lot of people that did that, though. But like everybody else, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I ended up uh, pitching pretty well, I guess. But um, of course, he's getting older too. But uh, Mike Schmidt uh, hit me pretty well after I, you know, finally learned that you know he became a, a pretty good breaking ball hitter. Yeah. So I had to use the fastball a little more. But uh, I don't know. Anybody stands out? I, I really can't remember right now. Okay. I know, and I wish I could. I mean, if I thought about it, there'd probably be a few of them. But. Let me, let's play a little word association. I'm going to throw a name at you, and you just tell me a real quick thought on them, okay? Yeah. Pete Rose. Pete Rose. Oh, boy. Great guy to be uh, on the field with. I mean, he was a guy that just, you know, he always, he, he'd come in, he says, now, you know, once he came in to play third base, from the outfield. Mm-hmm. So that George Foster, you know, right. he had George Foster going left field when right. Pete came. And he said, you don't, you don't mind me talking to you, do you, during the game? I said, no, I said, because I'll keep in the volume. That, to me, tells me what type of guy he is. I mean, this guy could, you know, you, you'd love to have him, uh, you know, behind you. Okay. Johnny Bench. Awesome catcher and uh, good uh, caller. Uh, had a great photographic mind. You know, that type of thing, and uh, just a, a great target, you know, to throw to. I mean, it was, it was incredible. When you're, you're out there 60 feet, 6 inches, and he's another foot and a half behind that and whatever, and it just looked like, uh, you know, it didn't matter how big the plate was or small the plate was. It just looked bigger than life, you know. Mm-hmm. It was just it was a great throw to him. Joe Morgan. Wow, scrapper guy. I mean, the guy just, uh, the way he played the game, uh, limited in his throwing ability, but he got the ball over the first base when he went into the hole. You know, he just was so quick to get to the ball, and he, he knows his limitations, you know, but, I mean, he just, uh, he was uh, incredible to play with. Uh, by the way, he went about it. Here's a guy after a game, first time he had, he, he didn't talk to any reporter or anything after a game. First thing he did was go in his locker and start writing stuff down in his book. Did and, you, and uh, you know, about, you know, how the guy pitched to him or whatever, you know, basically what it was for. Was did, you his, ever, uh, did you ever see anybody have two better years than he had in 75 and 76? No way. Yeah. Awesome. Just, yeah, and I kind of like him because he's my size. <laughs> you know? That's right. You got, 
Where it was. <laughs> right at the same size. But, uh, How about a, a guy like that? I mean, my gosh, he's so powerful, but yeah, he was just such a steady, just straight, steady ball player. I mean, he'd play 145 games or whatever, 142, whatever it was, and Sparky sitting down and, and for a day or two, and then he'd come back barnstorming, you know what I mean? And that's what he needed. So Sparky knew his players, yeah. you know? Okay. He knew who needed to rest at this time and, 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 and know what they would do when they come back, you know? Okay, how about Pedro Borbone? Oh, he was my other blocker guy. He was on my right side. God was on my left side, and had Pedro on my right side. Uh, just a, a good guy to have in a ball club, you know. I mean, here's a guy that can throw about three or four pitches, and he's ready to go. I never seen anything like it. I mean, he and could throw first, every day, and could throw every day, every single day, <laughs> every single day. And Sparky knew this. I mean, it didn't take him long to warm up. And he's ready to go. <clears throat> if he had a guy in a quick situation that he needed, call on Pedro, boom. Or if he had a guy that had <laughs> to knock somebody down, he'd call, call Pedro. Pedro, Pedro. You know? <laughs> if Pedro would do that, you know, yeah, I got rest of soul too. Um, you know, uh, he was he, he was a good guy. He really was. Good to, good to have on the ball club. Gary Nolan. Well, there's another one. You know, I had one of our starters and uh, how he went about his business too, you know, he was so good and yet had arm trouble here and there and if he had a safe arm and, and didn't have any of that, I guarantee you he won 300 games, 300 plus. Yeah. It was, he just had great stuff and he was smart and that's what made him last a little longer than what he, you know, it was amazing how how long he could last after, you know, the arm injury. Yeah, he came back as a whole different pitcher from the way he was pitching in the totally. mid-60s to the early 70s, yeah. Yeah, he was a fastball pitcher, fastball curveball. Yep. But he always had good control. And that was, that's the plus part of him coming, you know, having that sore arm and whatever. And I think he had surgery on it, too. And, uh, but he just, uh, just uh, a delight to watch pitch. Uh, before or after, you know, either way uh, that we played. But, uh, yeah, like Gary Hawk. Clay Carroll. The Hawk. <laughs> the Hawk was good. He, 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 he's the type of guy also. Could pitch every day. Yep. Every single day. Sparky took him out and put him out there, and, man, he would just go to town. And, and you know, he was the stopper at, at one point there for a while, and, and you know, he lost that to Raleigh or whatever, and, but it didn't incur, discourage him at all. He went out there and Sparky called on him. Bingo, he's out there, you know, throwing his butt off, man. And uh, he was good at that. He was real good at that. He had, ball, had good movement on his ball uh, for quite a few years. I remember he was, uh, he was with Denver, I think, in the Milwaukee organization at that time. Brace. Yeah. And uh, he was a starter then, I think. But, uh, yeah, I remember him way back there, you know. Oh, yeah. And one, la one last name, Tony Perez. Tony Perez, just a delight. A delight to be around, uh, like everybody else uh, talks about him, too, and says uh, family man, uh, great wife, Patuka, and, and the kids, you know, with Eduardo and um, Eddie and, uh, and Victor. Yep. Um, just a, a great family, but the guy himself was a tremendous guy. Here's a guy that uh, was a pretty good leader on that ball club. And here's a guy that, you know, here, here, here's a man that English-wise did as well as he could, 
and everybody understood it, and everybody listened to him. And that was a big plus for us to have him on the ball club. Well, Fred, it's my opinion that you were one of the big unsung heroes of the Big Red Machine, and I really enjoyed watching you pitch. Well, I appreciate that very much, Bill, and I did enjoy it. It was a, a time in my career that uh, couldn't come any sooner. It, was just, it worked out so well for me. Uh, I always thought myself as being, you know, that type of player, you know, a winner. I wanted to be a winner. I, I wanted to be on a winning club like everybody else. But, you know, I've just always done that uh, growing up, and it just worked out well enough at the end that I got on a, a super team to be able to uh, make my dream come true, you know, uh, as being a, a winner plus being on a winning ball club well, on behalf of myself and the other editors at Red Leg Nation, I really want to thank you for taking so much time with us tonight. I hope we, maybe we can talk again sometime. Yeah, that sounds great, bro. I appreciate it. And, uh, thanks for calling. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer.